I'm Amy Antonucci, here to welcome you to our True Tales Live Zoom holiday show on December 28th, 2021. Thanks to all of you watching and listening, and especially those here in our live online audience. We're so glad to have you. Our mission at True Tales Live is to provide a space where people can share their first person experience stories, stories that reflect the personal and cultural diversity of our community and help us to bridge differences, to build understanding and respect for each other. And we are so happy to have you all here with us, even on Zoom. I'm gonna share with you a few suggestions for making the most of our online format. We really believe that storytelling is an exchange between the tellers and the listeners. And these are ways that you can help us keep that going. First of all, if you have your video on, which we do love when you do that, you can have big physical reactions to connect with the rest of the audience and the tellers. For instance, you ready? Let's all cheer. Yay! However that means to you. And then clap. Yay! Yay! Now express shock. <gasps> However works for you. So there's a few, a little, little warm up for you so you can get in the mood of that. You can also express your reactions in the chat box, which we do save and share with the tellers later. You can also put questions in the chat box because we usually have enough time for some Q&A at the end of the stories themselves. Our theme for tonight is holidays. And we have three tellers with us, Kamisha Foley, Nina Lasiga, and myself, Amy Antonucci, I will share a story as well. Pat Spaulding will be our MC and here to introduce each teller to you before the story. So now join me in a, giving a big visual welcome to Pat. Welcome, Pat, yay! All right, thank you so much. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Tonight's stories will explore the high expectations that so many of us bring to the holiday season. This time, it's really gonna be fun. It really is, really. And all too often, the low rumbling thud of disappointment that squashes our expectations flat. <laughs> Not to be a downer, but oh, the holidays have an awful lot of pressure that they bring with them. Oh, well, there's always next year. And especially this year, we are hoping for next year, hoping that it will be better. And at least it will be different. <laughs> First up, we've got Kamisha Foley from York, Maine. She's been an eager participant in True Tales Live programming since moving here from Virginia in 2019. Before joining our TTL team, she began sharing stories through Story District in Washington, DC. Kamisha includes storytelling into her professional life. Since her very first storytelling boot camp in DC, she has found that she's been able to help others navigate workplace anxieties, challenges, and personalities by sharing stories of her own career victories and failures. Actually, I think we have more to learn from the latter. Tonight's story about a company party that promised fun, frivolity, and celebration amongst its workers may be an example of um, such a story. Its title is Just a Holiday Party. 
Let's welcome Kamisha. Uh, the jolt of the elbow of my staff colleague jolting me out of my reverie two and a half hours into a staff meeting. Hey, hey, he's going to talk about the holiday party. The he is the boss at the front. Oh, the holiday party. I love the holiday party. But there are two things you need to know about the holiday party. One, in this team building cultural company, there's going to be a participatory event. There is going to be something that's going to require some team building participation. And two, whether you know it or not, I don't know if it was intentional, but it always felt right between the time when you'd have your individual review with your boss and the time when all the executives decide whether you got a raise or not. Hmm. Anyways. Oh, so he's up at the front of the room and he's like, hey, everybody, be sure to RSVP for the event. And if you're going to get one of the hotel rooms that's discounted, be sure to do that right away because we don't want anybody drinking and driving home. That's why we've got the discounted rooms for you. And uh, oh, by the way, I got a surprise for you guys tonight. And then we're going to have it right at the holiday party. I'll be ready for you then. And out the door he goes. All 50 of us shuffle out of the conference room. <sighs> Go back to our desks. I get home the night and tell my husband all about it. He says to me, I'm not going to your holiday party again. I'm not participating in any team building events. I've been to enough. You can take a friend. Take a friend. Of course. I've got a girlfriend who's got six kids. She can't wait to get out of the house. Be an adult, dress up, talk to other adults. She's totally in for this too when I invite her. So I'm so psyched. We get to the holiday party a few weeks later. We meet up right in the lobby. You know, we have to dress up. And the problem is, I don't usually dress up, but for the holiday party, I really do dress up. I've got on a black dress and heels and pantyhose. I even had on makeup, including false eyelashes. Me. <laughs> she looks great in her red dress as we walk into the ballroom. It's sparkling with gold and red decorations, the mood lighting. We scan the room to start looking for our table. I see the two bars. Hey, there's a dance floor. Excellent. Ooh, I wonder if that's the surprise we have dance contest. I am so into this. I can totally do this team building event. I am ready to go. We make our way over to the table. Have a lovely dinner. My friend Miranda is sitting right next to me. She heads up our communications team. She has to do with photos for the whole party the whole time. And everybody else I know really well too, but I don't get much time to talk to them. One of them says to me, hey, Foley, you clean up good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the dinner was lovely. Next thing I know, I spot out of the corner of my eye, our executive Ron walking towards the DJ booth. Hey, everybody, are you ready for our big surprise for tonight, our big event? He's got a notebook in his hand. What's that all about? He's got a pad of paper. I'm going to be coming around to everybody because tonight we're going to be doing karaoke. Oh, karaoke. 
No, 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 not karaoke. No, no, this can't be happening. Even my own kid says, mommy, please don't sing. What am I going to do? My friend taps me on the shoulder. Are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm not okay. I hate karaoke, it's making me sweat already. Jeez, Kamisha, it's just a holiday party, relax. Come on, let's get a drink. She drives me up to the bar. I don't know what happened. It was some sort of traumatic blackout. I'm standing there. I come to. I can hear somebody wailing in the background. I turn around and see my chief marketing officer, five martinis in, trying to do karaoke to Led Zeppelin's whole lot of love. What a nightmare. We wake our way back to the table. Sit down. Oh my God, here comes Ron. He's got the book in his hand. He comes right over to us. I can feel the sweat. I gotta participate. This is a team building event. This is a team building event. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Hey, Kamisha, are you all signed up? He's got the book and the pad. And he goes, how about your friend here? Oh yeah, my friend here, of course. <laughs> well, you know, Ron, um, we, we were just talking about what duet we were going to do. And uh, yeah, so we're going to do a song together. And uh, we haven't picked out what we're going to do yet together. And uh, yeah, so, um, but as soon as we do, we'll, we'll come sign right up. Good, because we know we want you to participate and have fun. <laughs> fun. Fun. He walks away. I turn around. I look at my colleague, my friend. She, she's got her head on her phone. She, she holds up her phone and looks at me with these big doe eyes. I'm sorry, the babysitter. I have to go. Really? Oh, I swear I have to leave. Ugh, you so owe me. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love you, but I got to go. And out the door she goes. I turn around to my colleague, Miranda. I'm like, hey. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, no, it's karaoke. I hate karaoke. It's making me sweat. She's like, well, here, take my camera, take some pictures. I mean, I never get to talk to anybody during these things. Ron's got me running around the whole party. Oh, sure, I'll be glad to do that for you. And up she goes. I take a deep breath. I can still feel the sweat coming down my arms. Here comes Ron. Oh, hey, what happened to your friend? She had to leave the babysitter. Oh, that's too bad. Have you signed up yet? You can do it now. <laughs> no, um, but I, I promised Miranda I'd take some pictures for her at the party, and I, I will take care of that, and then I will sign right up. I am a terrible liar. I know he knew I was lying. If he did, he did let it show. He walks away. I can feel the sweat now. It's made its way to my underwires and stuck right at the top of my control tops, all the way down running my legs and into my ankles and my high heels. How am I going to get out of this? I take pictures. I even go take a picture of Ron and, you know, that chief marketing officer guy. I'm like, hey, click, click. They're so happy to be at the party. Everybody else seems to be having a wonderful time. I get back to the table. Miranda's sitting there and I hand her her camera. She goes, thanks for doing that. I really appreciate it. I never get to talk to anybody at these things, but you're as pale as a ghost. I said, you know how it is. 
you got to participate, she says with me. Yeah, I know. We all got to do it. I'm like, I got to get out of this. I can't do it. I got to figure a way out. I, I got to go. Um, just, just don't tell anybody I left, okay? I owe you. Thanks for taking pictures. Right. I'll see you Monday. I bolt out the ballroom. I get to my car. I get home. Thinking all the way home, I'm going to tell my husband I'm not going to get a very good review because I didn't participate in the holiday function. Monday rolls around. Here comes Ron down to my cubicle. Great. Hey, Kamisha, I'm sure sorry you weren't able to do karaoke with us, but that sure was great of you to pitch in and let Miranda get out and meet everybody and have a good time herself. What a great team player you are. <laughs> Thanks. Um, you know, it's just a holiday party, and um, I'm sure I'll have another opportunity again at some other event of ours. Um, sure. No, that's, that's just fantastic. You take care. And off he goes. You know, that holiday party was great. I'm glad I didn't have to sing, because two weeks later when my review came back, down at the bottom was this little tiny note that says, Thanks for pitching in and being a great team player, Ron. And a little tiny bonus. Swing. I danced anyways. All right, Kamisha. <laughs> that story gave me a, the achy, breaky heart feeling. <laughs> Would that I could uh, sing it out on whatever that... Man, I'm, yeah, that thing that you hate, that nobody likes. Okay, so although that first story may not be an example of frolicking through a winter wonderland, um, I think it was definitely festive in its own way, not to mention a learning experience with a successful outcome. Pretty good. That can add that to your repertoire of navigating helpfully through the workplace. Maybe our next story will uh, have some chestnuts roasting on an open fire, or more than Jack Frost nipping at our noses. Maybe we'll be able to uh, feel more musically or Christmassy festive. Folks dressed up like Eskimos, everybody knows. Oh, well, let's find out. Let's find out from Amy Antonucci. She is our True Tales Live announcer, has worked with the program since its inception in 2014. And when Amy is not telling stories and uh, running storytelling workshops online or at PPM TV, she's tending to her bees, poultry, goats, and gardens at Living Land Permaculture Homestead in Barrington, New Hampshire. From 2008 to 2015, Amy helped care for her aging father and in the process found quite a few stories to share with our TTL audiences. A couple of years ago, she told us about an Antonucci Christmas. Well, here comes another one. <laughs> this story is titled, A Perfect Holiday. Okay, let's welcome Amy. Thank you, Pat. I was determined to give my father a perfect holiday. There were, however, some obstacles. 
This was going to be his first Christmas in assisted living, and he hated it there, especially the constraints on his freedom of movement. Amy, I'm an American. They can't keep me here like a prisoner. But his worsening memory and his cognitive impairment meant he, he needed to be there. Those problems were also what allowed me to trick him into going. I knew it was necessary, but I was still wracked with guilt, the guilt of a child disobeying her parent. I had picked this particular facility because my father had good friends there. The fact that it was specifically a Jewish facility had not seemed relevant until now. Of course, they accepted many non-Jewish folks like my Italian, this Catholic father, but they were very specifically celebrating Hanukkah, not Christmas. The other obstacle was that perfection is an insane goal, especially for my family. An Antonucci Christmas was generally filled with more stress and yelling than comfort and joy. But I had always wanted that perfect holiday moment that would mean to me that I had a happy family and that I was safe in the world. This is how the holiday spirit got into me or maybe possessed me. But maybe this was the year. I would get it together and I would get it right. So I made a plan. On Christmas Eve, my partner Steve and I would spend the day down there with my father and his friends. We'd bring presents, we'd bring special food, we'd be merry and have fun. Then we'd take him out to eat, which was an activity he, he just loved to do. On Christmas Eve afternoon, we went to visit and it was sweet and it was fun. My father's friends, all women, were kind to him. They even doted on him. He made them laugh and they remembered the way that he had stuck by my mother through her 30 years with multiple sclerosis. When they were called to their meal at five, I escorted my dad out for our special dinner. On our way out, I pressured him to go to the front desk to check out as he was expected to do. Amy, we don't have to tell those people anything. I'm allowed to do what I want. They can't interfere with me. Dad, I just want to say hi and make sure they have the correct information, okay? He grumbled, but he followed me. Other than the friends he'd known before moving there, he was having trouble connecting with people. He told me the other residents were too old and he was usually angry with the nurses who were always on him. I suspected that his short-term memory issues were making it hard for him to get to know people. He could not remember their names after meeting people multiple times. And maybe he couldn't even remember meeting them. I wished I could help him with this. It seemed like the more friends he made there, the happier he'd be there and the less guilty I would have to feel. My father did like the staff who worked at the front desk, even though they sat with the hated clipboard that he had to sign out and in on. Today, there was a young man there I hadn't met. 
He smiled at my father, asked him how his visit had been, and was he having a happy Christmas Eve? Hey, this guy, my father said. This is a good guy, Amy. He's on my side. I introduced myself, found out that this, he had, this man had this great Spanish name, Gustavo. And I thanked him for looking out for my dad. Now everyone was smiling, my dad forgetting to be so angry and me repeating Gustavo's name often to help my father remember it. I wrote our names and destination on the clipboard and we headed off in good humor. Maybe I was doing it. I was getting this together. The traffic was terrible. The five minute drive stretched into 15, then 20, then 30 minutes. We passed the Italian restaurant we usually went to, but that I knew would be closed for Christmas Eve. We were headed to the buffet at the nearby mall. Not fancy, but I knew my father liked it and that it would be open. We finally made it to the mall. We got out and headed towards the entrance. People were streaming out. And as we reached the door, we saw that going in was not an option. It was closing. What? I said aloud. What about last minute Christmas shoppers? Isn't this where they all go? No, this was where they had all gone. Time was up. I struggled to remain calm and appear like I was keeping it together. That's okay. We'll just loop back around and pick one of the places we see on the way. We crawled along with the traffic, my mood further darkening, searching for an open sign anywhere. TGI Fridays, Panera Bread, Wendy's, Five Guys, all closed. I give up, take us back. By the time we arrived back at the assisted living, the dinner hour was gone. Never mind a special dinner, how was I going to get my father fed at all? I dutifully checked back in. Flustered, I told Gustavo about our failed mission and how I now had to find some other way to feed my father. Gustavo listened and he had a suggestion. There was a staff party underway, ending soon, and there would be leftovers that Gustavo could try to send over to us if we went back to the common room to visit with friends again. Oh, you're our Christmas angel, Gustavo, I said with relief. Okay, back on track. I was getting it together again. Upstairs, I explained to his friends how our dinner was derailed by Christmas and my poor planning but that Gustavo was gonna save us with a delivery of leftovers. I hoped we could have more pleasant visiting then, but my father interrupted often to let us know he was ready to eat. His tone escalating with his hunger and driving my anxiety back up. I'm hungry. I'm really hungry. Where is Gustavo with that food? Can't we eat yet? Didn't Gustavo tell us he'd bring us that food? Jesus Christ, where is Gustavo with that food? At least he seemed to remember his name. Dad, this is my fault, not Gustavo's. I am sure he's doing his best. Be 
Nice. Then Gustavo appeared with several large serving platters filled with a number of dishes to choose from. A feast, really. We were all appreciative, including my father. You wouldn't have known he'd been swearing about Gustavo minutes before, to my relief. Then my father thanked him sincerely, saying, Hey, you really came through for us. You did great, Gestapo. For a moment, silence hung in the air as we processed my father's misstatement. Gestapo. It was a long moment. I felt heat rise to my face and mortification wash over me like a teenager's embarrassment over a parent, or maybe more like a parent whose child is screaming obscenities in a grocery store. I wanted to crawl under the table, to cry or maybe laugh hysterically. And then I felt something crack. It was a crack in my delusion that I had enough control over my father with dementia or anything in the world to create a perfect holiday. I was never going to be able to keep everything together and it might drive me insane to try. I was going to have to learn to let perfection go. Time started up again as his friends exclaimed, John, and I shrieked, Dad! My father thought, realized what he said, but tried to brush away his own embarrassment. Oh, I'm, I made a mistake. It, his name, it sounds like that. I, I almost got it right. I, I'm sure he doesn't mind. Gustavo had gotten a bit red and stiff. Actually, John, I do mind. Hey, it was a mistake, Gustavo. I'll get it right from now on. But hey, this is great food. Thanks for all the stuff to eat. We moved on, ate, felt better. It had not been a perfect holiday, not the holiday I'd planned. It was not Norman Rockwell-esque or even normal, but it was perfectly normal for an Antonucci Christmas and maybe that was going to have to be good enough. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. <laughs> Indeed. It sounded perfectly normal, if not perfect. <laughs> um, I think all my perfect holidays ended when I was about eight years old. And uh, up until then, I mean, it was all Santa Claus and Jesus Christ, a little baby and reindeer on the rooftops and gifts that I deserved because I was good. Um, I believed in the whole Christmas thing. I believed that it was all about me. And what kind of wrecked it, made it less perfect, was once I started to think that it was about um, other people too. And the magic was compromised. Perfection was gone. I don't even strive for it anymore. But um, <laughs> perfectly normal, that's doable. Maybe we can get some true perfection uh, magic maybe back into our next story. Perfect magic. Nina, what do you think? We're going to be introducing Nina Lasiga from Stratford, Connecticut. Um, she tells us that her favorite place of late 
is to be outside of her comfort zone. That is where all of her stories take place. Nina has performed on PBS's Stories from the Stage and at the International Arts and Ideas Festival. She leads Bridgeport Art Trail Storytelling Exchange Online and is an organizer of Pachacucha Night Bridgeport, a visual storytelling show that um, is, it tells a story with 20 images projected on a screen, 20 seconds each. It's a pretty fun way to listen and tell a story. Over the years, we've been fortunate enough to have Nina entertain us with several of her stories right here at True Tales Live. And tonight she'll share one titled, The Gift. Come on up, Nina. Thank you so much, Pat. It's great to be here tonight. It's Christmas Eve 2018, and I am walking to Russian Beach, which is two blocks from my house in Stratford, Connecticut. It's quiet. There are no cars or people. I am excited to be walking along the shore this night. This is such a contrast for me. I used to live in Brooklyn, New York, and it was noisy and it was crazy and it was full of crime, especially around Christmas time. I always had to look over my shoulder and be aware of my surroundings. I had been a victim multiple times. Now, I'm so fortunate not to be harmed, but I always have in the back of my head, hope this luck keeps rolling. I, in, in Stratford, Connecticut, I'm still settling in. And I still have those antennas of a city girl uh, looking for, uh, for her own self. Well, time got away from me. It's 4 p.m. And I have just enough light to go take my walk on the beach. Though there are lights along the road, there are no sidewalks. And on the beach, there are no lights at all. And when it's dark, you can't find your way out. So I'm walking and I'm enjoying myself. Not a car in sight, not one person, just me and the Christmas decorations. I'm a half a block from the beach now. And all of a sudden, I'm surprised I'm hearing, Nina! Is that you? And I turn and I look behind and there is a woman standing in this one family house with the door open. She goes, Nina, I'm Carol. Do you remember me? We met at the beach last summer. Um, and I have a favor to ask you. Might you have a ukulele to sell me? I'm thinking this is like really bizarre. And I'm starting to remember, oh yeah, I know this lady. I met her by the bluffs. She was holding onto a, a, a stroller. And I said to her, hi, who are, who are you with? And she said, my cat, Dolly. And I looked through the netting of the stroller and I see these big gold eyes. Now, this is quite unusual in Stratford, Connecticut. I'm kind of thinking, is she, is she a little bit odd? 
Well, Carol comes out from her doorway and she's dressed in a, a shirt and slacks and a sweater. She has left her coat inside and she goes, um, I want to be honest with you. I want this gift. I want this ukulele as a gift from my adult son. Him and his wife, they miscarried their first child this year. And I remember you saying you, you teach the ukulele. And so I gave you a call from that, you know, your number on the business card. Did you get my message? And I'm like going, oh, Carol, um, sorry, I didn't get the message, but I'm thinking, I never pick up the phone. It doesn't matter if it's my landline or my cell phone. People can wait. It could be days. And so I'm thinking, oh, do I get involved? My New York City vibe is coming back. It's sort of like, oh, I just have enough daylight now to go to the beach. If I help her, I'm not going to get my holiday gift for myself. But I take a deep breath. Carol goes, I don't know anything about ukuleles. I don't know how much they cost. I don't know how to select one. Please, you know, help me out. And so I'm thinking, listen, you are not in Brooklyn, New York anymore. You're here. And people in this neighborhood do help one another. I've been on the receiving end multiple times. And I take a deep breath and I go, Carol, I happen to have two ukuleles at home. And I'm happy to go back home and bring them over to you to take a look at them. They cost about $50 plus the shipping. You know, I'll do that for you. She goes, you will? Like, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm walking back home and I'm like, oh, what are you doing? What, why are you doing this? And I go home and I find the two ukuleles and I walk down the street with a ukulele in both hand and I get back to her house and I ring the doorbell and she lets me in. And uh, she is quite an interesting house. Um, the front, front looks like a normal house with a well manicured lawn and she's got this picket fence with little hearts um, uh, cut out of the wood. And then I go into her kitchen. It's a lot nicer than I expected. It's sort of like from architectural design. And you look up and there's these beams and she's got this big counter. So I put the two ukuleles down on the counter. And while I'm doing that, I see a bowl of half eaten cat food. Carol eats her meals with the cat. And she goes on and says, Nina, and I'm thinking, this lady's a kook. She goes, Nina, you have to excuse me. I haven't been up to shopping lately. You see, my husband, he died six months ago. And I'm just learning to do things on my own. Shopping is just not for me just yet. Okay, Carol, I'm happy to help you. And I take each one individually and explain its merits, this pros and cons, because I want to make sure Carol selects this ukulele because I am not a department store. This is a final sale. I'm not returning it out. I'm not accepting Christmas returns. And um, she goes, I don't know. I don't know. And finally, 
she picks one. It's the zebra ukulele and it's, it's very attractive. But she didn't listen to anything I said. She picked that one because the price tags were still hanging on it. And I had the gift, I had the box that came in. So she said, oh, my son is going to love this one. And I could just like wrap it up. He, he's coming over later uh, tonight and we're going to go out to dinner. Oh, Nina, thank you so much. It's like, Carol, you're welcome. Now, before I go, I have a question. I really want to continue my walk on the beach, uh, but I want both my hands free because I love to beach comb. Can I leave this extra ukulele with you and then pick it up on my way home from the beach? And Carol goes, no. She goes, I'm so sorry. I'm going to mass now. And so I won't be home when, when you get back. But you can leave your ukulele out in the front by the bushes. It'll be safe there. And I'm thinking, what are you kidding me? It's Christmas Eve. There's another person in this neighborhood has a ukulele emergency, just like Carol. But I said, okay, Carol, thank you. I'll do that. And so I leave it there, I say goodbye, and I walk to the beach. And it's very interesting beach, it's very rustic, and you have to go down a staircase to get on the beach, and you don't see the beach right away. There's foliage on either side, there's cacti, cactuses, and I hear the seagulls going off, but I can't see them until I step on the, on the sand. And it's heavily and rocky and you have to watch where you're going but now I'm on the beach and I feel my shoulders relax because I'm hearing the water gently lapping it's the Long Island sound there are no big waves and I'm now focused on finding sea glass smooth stones and sometimes even like little plastic toys from the 50s it's so wild it's like an archaeological dig and so I go and I find a green pay, a green slice of sea glass and it's all frosted and smooth. And it's like, oh, this is a keeper. And I keep going and all I do is clear my mind and enjoy where I am. Me and Mother Nature, this is my nirvana tonight. Well, it's starting to get, it's only 15 minutes, but it's starting to get like losing light. And I thought, I better go back. And I find my way off the beach and I walk to Carol's house. And in the front of her house, there is my ukulele. Carol has tied it up with this big, gigantic red and silver bow, like it was a Christmas ornament. And seeing that, made me realize that by doing, by helping Carol, I was fitting in, settling more into the neighborhood. And that by Carol involving me in her Christmas, made me realize how safe it was in this suburban neighborhood. I thought I was helping Carol. I was wrong. Carol helped me. What a gift of safety, security, and belonging. The perfect gift for my Christmas. Thank you. Thanks, Nina. Welcome to the neighborhood. 
<laughs> that was so relaxing on that beach walk. I, I got went into a meditative mindset and uh, the little wrapped up ukulele at the end. Lovely. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Um, I think, Amy, are you taking it over from here? Yeah, I will step in here for a few minutes. So um, we have enough time to do a little bit of Q&A here. And the way it works is you all just pop into the chat any kind of question you've, you've got. We've already have, have a few there. And we're going to take a few minutes to, to um, for me to put those out there. And then after we do have our official interview that David will conduct. And tonight is going to be with the three of us who told stories tonight. He's already interviewed each of us singly. So we thought we'd have some holiday party feel to it. And he'll talk to all three of us. But first, let's look at some of these questions and keep them coming. Um, I already have some here for Kamisha. So Kamisha, we want to know if you did have to sing a song, what would it be? And you can think on that and tell, tell us that. Well, I'm also going to share a, a picture of you all, all uh, dolled up for the night. So go ahead. <laughs> That's my good friend Miranda from Communications. And do you have a, a thought? What would you sing if you, if you had to? <laughs> well, first of all, it would not be Led Zeppelin. Let me just make that perfectly clear. <laughs> I think it would probably be like Don Shane from Ferris Bueller, because that's the only that's the only thing I could think of that I could probably get through. Maybe maybe a little uh, uh, old hip hop or something. I don't know. I don't know. Just thinking about it makes my heart race. <laughs> but oh. I. But I admire people who can do it. My our daughter loves to do karaoke, but that's she can sing. Mom, not so much. Um, and don't worry, I won't ask you to sing for us. There is another another question though. What um what other holiday you know group bonding activities have been asked of you at some of these parties? Uh, we had uh, one one time we had a um, uh, what do you call that haiku? You had to write haiku and 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 recite it in front of the holiday party. And then one year there was a it was it was so painful. There was a staff member that got married, and our and a senior member of our management team who will remain unnamed called her on her honeymoon. So that we could all say hello to her and for her and, and tell her how much we missed her at the holiday party. It was that was interesting. Um, and we've also had we've had lip sync, which I did do. Lip syncing is different than, than than karaoke, so that I'll do, no problem. But please do not ask me to sing. Got it. We got it. All right. Thanks, Carisha. Uh, Nina. First, I should say people say that you, the combination of the word ukulele and emergency, they have only heard from you. That is a, a Nina-ism. Um, and we would like to know, when did you learn ukulele? Is that something that you've known a long time? Is that a new addition to your life? Tell us about that. It's pretty new. It's about five years young. 
And um, that's where the word ukulele emergency actually derives. I woke up this morning. I'm, I'm a classical guitarist. And I woke up one morning and I just said, I want to learn the ukulele. So I deemed it an emergency. I went to any music store and bought a ukulele and then joined a play along, sing along group. And I really, really enjoyed it. I love its portability. I love that um, with arthritic hands, it's like a lot easier to do the chord shapes. But if anything, I like the way ukulele brings people together. I think that's the magic that you just learn a few chords and you can play more songs than you would ever imagine. And I ended up teaching it in my unique way. And I, 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 it's not quite fake ukulele, but I emphasize on strumming. And so within your first lesson, you can play happy birthday and a whole bunch of songs that are useful. So th there's another question about, is it hard to learn? And it sounds like, like you, uh, you're saying it's not that hard? Well, it's not that hard to learn with me because I am the queen of the one finger chord. So you can sing a whole, you can sing Lime in the Coconut, you can sing Frere Jaca, uh, you can sing songs I make up with just one finger on the fret. And so once you realize you can do something, it just like, feeds. And so for, for, for me, it's just a matter of strategy of finding songs that have three chords, say, for example, so people don't feel overwhelmed and then little by little increase the difficulty. A lot of people don't realize, don't realize they think they're, they're, they're doing it and they sound terrible. So I actually, in my classes, I encourage the, the students to call somebody and say, I'm in class right now. Do you want to hear a song? And then hearing people excited that it's not terrible then people just get really, you know, enthusiastic about learning. That's great. That is how, that's a wonderful idea. Well done. Um, hey, do you offer Zoom classes? Um, actually, I, I do. Um, and uh, right now the Zoom classes are through University of Connecticut. And the good news is anyone can take them. Like you don't have to be in Connecticut, you know, to take them. Uh, the next class, though, is advanced beginner, unfortunately. You're going to have to wait a little bit for uh, a true beginner class. Well, if anyone is interested, I'm sure you can, you can uh, keep in touch with Nina. Um, let's see what else we've got in here. Okay, well, here's a few. Um, oh, yeah. Did you, do you teach online, Nina? There it is. Well, I, here, I'll, I'll have a a couple here, they aren't all exactly questions, but I, my friend Katie here tonight uh, related to the Italian family gathering, drama, stress, but great food. And I will add that I'm actually half Italian and half Irish. So I would say extra drama, extra stress, and still some good food. <laughs> um, let's see what we got here. I do not have additional Gustavo stories. The, the turnover at these places is sometimes pretty, you know, pretty fast. So we, I didn't know him that long. So he was really like our Christmas angel slash, I don't know, 
poor guy. I'm sure he did. I'm not sure how he felt about it, but we didn't see much of him after that. Um, and yeah, he, uh, uh, yeah, but I was very glad to know him and he was just one of the, one of the wonderful people that we met. Probably the only one I ever tried to get my father to learn his name of. I'm pretty sure I gave up soon after that. Um, interestingly, what he did start, what became clear to me is that he could not remember anyone's name eventually, pretty much. He knew who we are, like me. He never forgot. Well, sometimes he didn't use my name, but he never forgot my phone number. I'm telling you that. That phone rang every five minutes for the rest of his life. Um, but he remembered where people were from, which in a outside of Boston assisted living facility was quite varied. You know, the staff were from all over the place. And he'd walk down the hall saying, hey, hey, it's Sri Lanka. Hey, look, Puerto Rico. Oh, look, look, uh, uh, Somalia. You know, he was throwing out and he was right. That he could remember. It's the brain is an odd thing, right? So I just kind of let him, let him go with that. You know, again, I started learning perfection names. We're letting all sorts of things go here. <laughs> Um, okay, and oh gosh, yeah. Um, what dessert, is this for me? What dessert do you like for Christmas? Is that for anyone, any of us? Oh. Nina, you wanna start? Oh, you, yeah. That's you for go. that's for Amy. I wondered if you're a baker, do you make like Christmas cookies or are you hoping for cannolis when you took your father out? Well, I actually, yeah, when we would go to an Italian place, we could have um, something like, yeah, cannoli is a, a good one. Um, there's biscottis and I, I was raised closer to my mother's Irish family and we were pretty Americanized. Um, but I did actually just recently connect through this Ancestry.com thing, I found a far-flung cousin, Mary Antonucci, and she's almost 90, and she's, she's sharp, I'm happy to say, and she's going to send me some of her biscotti. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> I'm so happy to find more, more uh, Italians like that, more Antonucci's out there. Um, yeah, and Irish-Italian. There's, I'm not the only one. It's a, a frequent combo because we're the Catholic thing. Um, let's see, where else? Do, do, do. Wow, great, great, great comments. We're definitely, it's lovely to hear people. Actually, in my house, my partner is more of the baker. Um, a little more, like Steve breaks, bakes us lots of bread and he made us an apple pie and a pumpkin pie. And so, yeah. Um, I got lots of good food for the holidays and not for the holidays. We're serious about our food. Um, what else? And someone else is noting that their parents, while losing the ability to remember names, could remember everyone's jobs. That's fascinating. Really interesting, right? Um, okay, we just got a couple more minutes. Have I missed any, any questions? Looks like um, we pretty much, I pretty much hit them all. Now remember, we are gonna continue to have a conversation.
David will be kind of taking over my, um, oh, okay, one more. Nina, did you and Carol stay in touch? Did you remain connected and develop that relationship? Um, no, <laughs> but I now recognize, I know, now know the lady who lives in that house. You know, when I moved here, I, I live on my own. And when I moved here, um, though I'm very outgoing, I didn't advertise that I'm in the house by myself. And so I, my friends are actually more outside the neighborhood than inside the neighborhood, but I can't wait to cross paths with her again and see her cat again in the stroller. Lovely, thank you. Great. Um, oh, and, and then I'll just, before I go to the, to sharing a little more, a little more with you, I'll have one more photo that I will show you. That's me and my dad when I was, I think three years old, so. One time when he was still taking care of me around Christmas time. <laughs> All right. And with that, I'm going to tell you a few things about the show and then um, we'll go from there. Thank you all so much for being with us. Especially, uh, especially our tellers and our live audience. We can't tell you how happy we are when you are here and being connected to you just is really, I love seeing your faces or even just your names. We just love having you here. Um, we are soon to move to the backstory interview where David will speak to all three of us. But first, here's a little preview of what's coming up next as we finish up 2021 and move to 2022. Our next True Tales live show will be on Zoom on Tuesday, January 25 at 7 p.m. And there's no specific theme. True Tales Live NH.org, which I'll bet Kamisha is gonna pop into the chat for those of you here, um, is where you can go to register. It's free, but you need to get the link through the registration process. And we would love to hear your story as we are releasing our plans and our themes for the upcoming year, we, nothing is filled up. We have plenty of space and we welcome all of you who have the interest in stepping out and sharing with us. You can um, find all that info on our website, on our Facebook page, and also by emailing us. So again, truetaleslivenh.org and info at truetaleslivenh.org are the best ways to connect with us and find out more. Our plan is to start off on Zoom, January, February, March, we will definitely be on Zoom. So especially for those of you far away, you can know that, that you can join us for those. Um, and we have a hope of transitioning to in-person back at PPM TV in Portsmouth in the spring at the moment, that feels a little hard to imagine, but as we have seen, things change all the time these days. So we'll just keep moving forward and letting you know as things, you know, get clear. But again, January, February, March, Zoom for sure. We want to encourage you to attend one of our monthly workshops on Zoom, 7 to 8:30 p.m. The next one is January 4th. It's a monthly workshop. 
We give you feedback on your story. You can practice telling on Zoom. It's a lot of fun, low pressure. Info at truetaleslivenh.org is how you can find out more. You can watch us on PPM TV, Podcast Channel 98 in Portsmouth, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. and Saturdays and 1 p.m. Anytime as video and demand through YouTube or as a podcast, again, truetaleslivenh.org is where you can easily access all of these options. Let's give a quick thanks to those, a few of those who make this show possible. John Lovern, Pat Spalding, David Frainer, Sarah Bedingfield, Sam Adams, Kamisha Foley. I'm Amy Antonucci. And before we move to the Backstory 15-minute interview, we have our, our, our one-minute of movement and fun with our True Tales dance party. We've been having a great time with this. It really helps shake off that Zoom feel before we sit down for just a few more minutes together. Uh, you, we really hope you put your video on and move even just a little, you know, you can even just nod your head. You don't have to be as rambunctious as I am. Um, you might also want to have it on gallery view and stand up so you can see everyone, but I'm going to ask John to go ahead and, and play it for us. It's literally 60 seconds and then we'll, we'll come back together for the interview. You got it, John? 